I'm your host, Isaiah Copon. It's June 4, 2021, and this is Lift and Learn episode 38. In this episode, I'll be talking about how you can stay motivated or dedicated in terms of getting in your workouts or just being active, and why you need to track your progress when it comes to your fitness journey. Before that, though, I'll talk a bit about what I've been up to lately and that might include fitness-related topics, and it might not. If you want to follow me, your host, on Instagram, it's isaiah.copon, and you can also check out my website, isaiahcopon.com. The podcast is on Instagram, at liftandlearnpodcast, on Twitter, at liftandlearnpod, and also on Facebook. You can just search Lift and Learn Podcast. With that being said, let's get into it. Well, let's start with sports this week and get it out of the way. The Toronto Maple Leafs just absolutely blew it. Up 3-1 in the series against Montreal and it ends up going all the way to Game 7 after Montreal wins two games in overtime. So after saying on the podcast uh, last week that the Leafs won three games in a row, we're in a good position and being up 3-1 in the best of seven series they themselves end up losing three straight to lose the series four to three. Another round one exit for the butts. So game seven, honestly, that was just, that was a sad game to watch. You just knew watching the game that the Leafs had no chance to win that one. They just don't know how to get their offense working like when it comes playoff time, especially if teams just contain the top line. I won't say anything else about that, but they lost in Game 7, up 3-1 in the series, blew a 3-1 lead. 550 healthcare workers got to actually go to that game too, so that just added salt to the wound that they had to watch that awful display. Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner didn't play up to their regular season standards, and William Nylander surprisingly had like 8 or 9 points in the 7 game series, so he actually did a lot of the carrying there. Anyways, the Montreal Canadiens have advanced and are now playing the Winnipeg Jets, and the Canadiens are actually up 1-0 in that series. Colorado is playing Vegas in the second round, and they're dominating up 2-0 now, I think. The first game was 7-1 to one or something, and Nathan McKinnon has been showing why he's the best player left in the playoffs. Tampa Bay was up 2 to nothing last time I checked that, so I think there's a pretty good shot that they make it to the next round in the East. I doubt that a Canadian team will make the Stanley Cup Finals. And on to the NBA playoffs. We got a few teams advancing this week. Atlanta, Philly, Brooklyn, the Utah Jazz... And I'm actually recording this podcast on Thursday, so I don't know if the Lakers will make it through to the next round since I'm actually recording this during Game 6, but this one looks like it's over pretty early in the game. The Lakers are already losing by 20, and it's only the second quarter, so it looks like the Lakers and LeBron are about to be eliminated since they're already down three games to two, 
And it's not really looking good for them right now since Anthony Davis missed the last game and left this game early in the first quarter. LeBron's supporting cast just isn't good enough to get too far in this year's playoffs. I think that's the first time that LeBron has actually been eliminated in the first round in his whole career, which is crazy to say. That Game 5 between Portland and Denver, in case you're watching that series, has been a really fun one. And I actually just finished watching Game 6. With Jamal Murray out, Portland actually kinda had a chance to win the series. But Game 5 was really fun, it ended up going into double overtime. Now, the MVP of the season, Nikola Jokic, is out there for the Nuggets, and he had a great Game 5. He had almost 40 points, I believe, but Damian Lillard, that boy absolutely took it to another level. He ended up sending the game to overtime with a three-pointer at the end of regulation, and then at the end of OT, he hit this crazy three. He hit this crazy spin step back for three to send it into double overtime. Man, what a crazy game that was. But it probably should have ended sooner because I think it was at the end of regulation. Uh, Dame uh, took a three and they called a foul on Austin Rivers and barely touched him. Such a soft call to make in the playoffs, but that's what happens, I guess. Just watch the replay on that one. I mean, there was kind of a bit of contact before the shot happened, but I mean, at some point, the refs just need to let kind of that minimal contact, just let it go. I mean, I just hate watching the amount of free throws some of these star players take on a nightly basis. And then what makes it worse is that they even advertise on some free throw attempts now, like in the middle of the game, shooting a free throw and... I swear, they split the screen in half, and on one half, the player's taking a free throw, and then on the other half, there's an ad. And one of the ads uh, that I saw was to watch the NBA playoffs. I mean, (laughs) I'm already watching, and I'm getting ads for it. Like, seriously, ads have just gotten out of control. And Game 6 between these two teams was another entertaining one. Uh, Michael Jordan... Uh, Michael Jordan, Michael Porter Jr. had 22 points in the first quarter and Denver was still losing. The game was pretty close all the way throughout and Portland even managed to pull away in the early second half, but Denver just came storming back in the late third and fourth quarter and ended up winning the game and they won the series in six games. Alright, moving on in terms of myself and my own workouts... This week I've been pretty much back to normal. My left shoulder is at least 80% healed at this point. I'm able to shoulder press with minimal pain and I got most of my range of motion back. It's still a struggle at some points but it's nowhere near where it was one or two months ago so that's good to see. I haven't got to test it out bench pressing with a barbell but I think it should be able to hold up as long as I perform the movement slowly for the first few sessions. I've been consistently doing push-ups with no pain, and I've been doing push presses off the ground. So that's pretty much like a dumbbell press or a dumbbell bench press, but I'm lying down on the floor since I don't have a bench. So it's like a dumbbell push press, basically. And with that movement, I haven't felt any pain at all, which is good. So now I just have to wait for the gyms to open up, which is looking like 
late July or August, unless Ontario decides to change their reopening plan, and they should. Just open the gyms this month, please. Besides that, I managed to go for walks every day this week. The weather's been really nice. I got up to play ball this morning, just a bit after sunrise, so I wouldn't have to deal with anyone else on the court, because I know no one is going to wake up that early to play. I managed to play some tennis this week, which is good too, so now I just got to get back to the driving range. So maybe I can do that next week when it's not too hot out, and hopefully by then the hype dies down a bit, since I think everyone is going to anything golf-related, since... That's one of the few things that's actually open here in Ontario. But they did lift the stay-at-home order or whatever earlier this week. A bunch of things are still closed, but now it's not illegal for you to leave your house for non-essential purposes, which is good to say. We still can't gather indoors though, but you can hang out with five people outside now, but I think it's only family members or something, even though... I mean, I'm pretty sure people are breaking those rules, let's be honest. And that's actually pretty much it. Nothing else new. I don't think anything opened up, but we should start to see things open up a few weeks from now, starting on June 14, like restaurants and bars. Although my mom told me that that could actually open tomorrow, so we'll see. More people are starting to get their second dose of the vaccine now, if they're 70 years and older. My second dose isn't until early September, but it's possible that that'll be pushed up two to four weeks, so we'll see how that goes. And before we get into the fitness topics, I'll just talk a minute or so about some gaming news that happened this week. There was some new gameplay footage for Horizon Forbidden West that they showed off this week. Horizon Zero Dawn, which is the previous game, was free, or I think it's still free on PlayStation with some promo they're running. So I've been playing that game for a bit right now. I don't even think I'm halfway through yet, but honestly, I don't even know what's happening in that game right now, so hopefully it picks up a little bit. The game has been alright so far, and the combat is pretty interesting, but I don't know, the story isn't really pulling me in right now as opposed to other AAA games out there like Last of Us and Uncharted series, which were the games that I went through before this one. But like I said, the combat is pretty good, so maybe it'll pick up in the second half of the game. Santa Monica Studios also announced that there'll be a new God of War game coming out in 2022, and I'm definitely looking forward to that one. I just finished playing the latest one on my PS5 a few months ago, and I still gotta do the very last optional boss for the Platinum Trophy, so maybe I should go do that sometime soon. Sony also announced that Gran Turismo 7 will also be coming in the near future as well, but honestly I haven't even played that franchise for a while now. I used to run that on PS1, I think up to the PS3. I think I played the first 3 or 4 games, but it's usually pretty much the same game over and over, with new games just adding more tracks, better graphics, more cars and courses. So it's not really something that piques my interest right now, but both of those games will also be coming to PS4, so it's not just for the next-gen consoles. And last but not least, Nintendo looks like they're about to unveil a new version of the Switch pretty soon. It'll just be another small update to the console, I believe, so 
probably just a bigger battery and probably a better and maybe a larger display. So they released the original Nintendo Switch in 2017. Then in 2019, they updated the console to have, I think, a larger battery, but that's the only change they made. And now they're rumored to be announcing another small update to the console. I don't know what it'll be called yet, but maybe the Super Nintendo Switch or the Nintendo Switch Pro. I have no idea, but we should hear more about this one next week. Next weekend is also E3 2021, so we should be getting a lot of gaming news over the next two weeks. Topic 1. How to stay dedicated or motivated to stay in shape. This is a question I get a lot actually, especially nowadays where the gyms are closed and have been for a few months. Since everyone is stuck at home, honestly, it's just hard for most people to still get out and be active, especially if you're living in Ontario, Canada right now, where we've had one of the longest lockdowns in the world. So here I'll just talk about my own experiences here when it comes to staying motivated or staying dedicated to eating healthy or doing something active and trying to stay or be healthy during these times. I'm not going to lie to you. It's been tough to stay dedicated over the past year. Oh, here we go. I got to bring up COVID again. Well, the thing is, we've all had to deal with it. The gyms closed for a few months, maybe multiple times, depending on where you are. Even hotel or condo gyms have closed, so it just seems like the government just has it out for us and just wants us all to be basically fat and unhealthy. But yeah, it has been tough, even for me, to stay dedicated to staying healthy. But ultimately, I don't really have a choice since it's basically my job. I couldn't just let all of these restrictions make me fall off the wagon completely. So, in order for me to stay healthy, I had to ask some friends to work out in their home gym at times. But for the most part, I had to figure out how to stay in shape in my own home. And for me, that meant cleaning up my backyard setting up some tarp and working out outside. Luckily, I already had 90 pounds of adjustable dumbbell weights, so that helped me, and I didn't need to buy anything extra or expensive. But even then, on some days, it was tough for me to leave my room because it's just tough to be out of work and not being able to see or, sorry, be around friends or family. The biggest thing that has helped me throughout the past year has been to document my own journey. And I actually talk about this more in the second topic for today. When the pandemic first started, I was excited for some time off of work and some more free time, but that happiness uh, died down pretty quickly when I realized that this stay-at-home order or lockdown was going to last longer than I expected. And I never thought more than a year later we're all still having to deal with COVID in some sort of way. So this is something that helped me, uh, documenting my own life, basically. In terms of my workouts, I did actually manage to get stronger with the workouts I do at home. Obviously, being at home, since I don't have a legit home gym set up right now, I've been having to do movements that were unique to my situation. Of course, I wasn't able to squat or bench hundreds of pounds, so that meant adjusting my workout and making them challenging with the weights and equipment that I had. That meant things like 
instead of barbell squats, I transitioned over to focusing more on doing uh, Bulgarian split squats, which are pretty uh, difficult to do. And I challenged myself to get stronger with that exercise. And things like barbell bench, I had to substitute that for movements like dumbbell bench presses off the ground with one arm at once or maybe both arms at the same time and then supersetted that with push-ups. And that superset came in handy because I didn't have a lot of weight. So again, I had to be creative in order to make my workouts more challenging so that I can grow whatever muscle I was hitting. So documenting this was great. I was able to see my strength getting stronger over time, and recently, and you're probably tired of hearing it at this point, I dislocated my shoulder, and I've been recovering from that for over the past few months. Even then, documenting my recovery process has been great. If you've been following the podcast for the past few weeks at least, I've been mentioning my shoulder recovery process, and I've been documenting it uh, personally as well. Uh, in this journal I have on my desk. I write down things like how my range of motion is improving, what's difficult to do with my left side, and see if I'm getting better every week. And I usually do like Sunday on the weekend as a day to test if I've made any improvements. So documenting anything I can has definitely helped me stay dedicated and motivated to stay in shape. So journaling and viewing your progress, you could do it that way if you need to. I have a notebook that I don't really use for workout purposes, but in terms of business and life, that's what I use it for. In terms of staying uh, dedicated during these times, it just takes a little bit of effort. The workouts may not be as intense these days, but you can definitely still get into shape without any equipment at all. It just comes down to a few simple solutions that you can do throughout the day. And since we're talking about spending the majority of the time indoors, the first thing that you should work on is getting that step count up a little bit. And you can do that pretty easily by just walking. Now I say that's easy, but for most it's not going to be as easy as it sounds. Even for me, like I said earlier, I have those days where the weather isn't nice outside or it's raining. And then I'm stuck inside all day in front of the computer or TV because I don't feel like doing anything at all. So when it comes to trying to increase your step count every day, a good idea is to just get into a good habit of just trying to walk a little bit more each day. Like I said, it just takes a little bit of effort. So even just getting up every hour or so will do your body some kind of benefit and you won't be stuck in such a questionable position for another few hours, like lying down, even though it does feel so relaxing. But in reality, it's really taking potential years off of your life. For me, setting timers have been a huge help lately. Every hour, I get up and walk around for two to five minutes just to get some steps in. And 5 minutes isn't a lot of time, but you could actually take about 500 to 600 steps within that small amount of time, 5 minutes. And if you repeat those 5 minutes multiple times a day, then that could be the difference between a few thousand steps, which will not only help burn more calories, but will benefit your overall health, especially when it comes to your cardiovascular and mental health. And that could also help battle any postural issues from sitting all day. This could help with the dedication aspect. 
I know it's helped me so much when it comes to doing things consistently, like working out, going for walks, working on my mobility or the podcast, checking in, and still scheduling in video calls with my clients. Now, this is kind of related to documenting your journey, and it's how making a schedule for myself has actually helped a ton. I'll take you through my own way of scheduling, um, because it's helped me so much when it came to building my own business, training clients, but over the past year, I haven't been as busy. Before, it'd be something like 9am, I need to be at this location, 3pm, gotta go to this gym, but I have to be at another gym by 6pm, and then I have to think about if it's going to be rush hour, how long of a drive it's going to take to get whatever, uh, wherever I'm going, because if I didn't schedule properly back then, it'd be a problem. I might show up late to a gym or a client, and I was just growing at the time, but that's an even more crucial point to have those clients stay with you. I don't think you'd want a personal trainer who's late half the time. It wouldn't look good at all. But anyways, scheduling has been great when it comes to being motivated or being dedicated. And maybe I'll go through the benefits of scheduling your day in another topic, but basically schedule has allowed me to stay on top of my health goals. Now, early on when the pandemics first started, I had no schedule. Like I said, I went from that work-life scheduling to pretty much no more need to schedule anything at all. So that meant I had all this free time basically and nothing else to do. Well, when life slows down like that, you really start to enjoy the life of just relaxing and just chilling all the time. Since your life just may have been all gas, no breaks for a while. It seemed like during those times there was no time for anything because you're just so exhausted from work. Well, when the pandemic first started, I was chilling. I just worked out whenever, went for walks sometimes, because when you have so much free time, we tend to just be lazy and just do whatever was relaxing. And that's how scheduling saved me pretty much, especially during this time, because instead of scheduling my workday now, I'm scheduling my life basically, taking control of life instead of letting that laziness set in. Honestly, I think this works for me because it's just like how school was. You have one hour in this class, and then you're on to another class the next hour, and you need to get there. Maybe this one won't work for you if you're not into structuring your day like this, but this one's helped me. So now, for example, my day will be something like 7am, checking in on clients, making sure everyone has something to do. 8 a.m., I'll go for a walk. 9 a.m., breakfast. 10.30, work on whatever I feel like. 1 p.m., client. 3 p.m., I'll work out. 5 p.m., I'll have dinner. 6 p.m., walk. You get the point. And those tasks may not take the whole hour, but nothing is set in stone, so I can change up anything on the fly. But it at least gives me a baseline of tasks to do for the day, and there's still a bunch of free time within the day. Scheduling my walks and scheduling my workouts on whatever days just ensures that I'm doing whatever I can. Just being consistent has been great because now on days where I don't do anything, it just seems like my day wasn't really complete. Yes, I'll still have rest days, but it's still good to just at least move around for that hour or so where you were planning on working out. 
It's not really motivation that's really going to get you to whatever goals you've set for yourself most of the time. Discipline is what you need in order to incorporate these walks and workouts or whatever it is. Discipline is what you need to get to the goals you have. So when it comes to motivation, I'm going to tell you right now, that's not the key. It's about discipline. Motivation will only get you so far. I usually get clients who come to me or just people who come to me. And when I ask how often they can work out, they'll usually say something like every day or something along those lines, like more than five days a week. But then when you ask them how often they can work out for the rest of their lives, they usually will say something less than that. When clients come up to me in a motivated state, things can get skewed a little bit. I mean, at first, yeah, motivation can be huge. But eventually, you're going to have to come to a realization that movement is the only way you're going to get the most out of your body. If you want to be healthier and be around for those people you love and care for, and you want to feel better all the time without those daily aches and pains, then movement is probably the best thing to do. Once you realize how much it benefits you, and you realize that this is something you want to do every day, and not thinking about working out as a chore, but something that you should be doing on some days of the week, now those workouts don't need to be so hard all the time. You're going to have days where you're not feeling energized, and on those days it would be good to back off the weight a little bit. Just go through the motions and just make sure that you're doing everything properly. It could be a time to focus on form rather than the amount of weight you're lifting during that time, and that's okay. So basically, every workout won't be perfect, but if you create this habit of just doing something every day, then that discipline could be... Uh, or should kick in and that'll help you stay healthy for the future. Most people who start working out will lose motivation sometimes. It's a common thing that happens. You just need to remember why you're doing it. You're doing it to live a better quality of life. If you're losing motivation with your training, maybe try switching up your goals. Maybe you've been training like a bodybuilder for a while, so try switching up to some powerlifting programming maybe. Cardio-wise, maybe try something else other than walking or running if you want to. For me, when the gyms were open, I just alternate between Stairmaster and Treadmill, which is enough for me. But I know it might not be for those who aren't as motivated like me, but that's fine. Try a different form of cardio, maybe hiking or biking if you want. Again, remember why you're doing this. You want to be able to move and live as long as possible under your own ability and your own strength. For some people, it could be losing weight as your motivation so you track your progress, take pictures every month or so, and compare what you look like to see where you need to improve. If you look at yourself in the mirror every day, you may think to yourself that you're not making much progress because it's hard to see that. Uh, daily, basically. You can't really see a lot of changes if you look at yourself every day. But if you reflect on it and look at it by month, you may see lots of changes that you don't realize because change happens so slowly. In this day and age, it's going to be harder to lose weight than gain weight, simply because of all the access to food we have nowadays. 
Obviously, it's going to be easier to eat a thousand calories than to burn a thousand calories, which could take multiple hours to do, as opposed to eating for 10 minutes and being able to eat a thousand calories that quickly. And I'm sure most people out there know that doing some kind of movement is going to be better and that will feel better on your body than just sitting down and doing nothing. You notice that you start to get more sluggish by the day or month or years later. And most people know that they have to work out to stay in shape. I mean, that concept has been around throughout humanity forever. But most of those people who know that they have to work out to stay in shape will also believe that when the term workout comes up, that means you have to go super hard, this out of breath kind of exercise for an hour or more every single day. And if you look at it that way, that's going to be impossible to do. You're setting yourself up for failure because that's going to be a huge leap from being sedentary or just chilling to just doing those crazy intense workouts you see. This is why I always ask my clients or whoever's asking me, I ask them what they're currently doing and then I tell them to just do a little bit more than what they're doing currently and you can just do a little bit more, Uh, do a little more daily, weekly or monthly That'll hopefully get the ball rolling and you should see yourself or your body start to change even after just a few weeks of just trying to do a little bit more. And that could be another good way to motivate yourself and if you stick to that discipline, the positive effects that'll happen to you will basically be like a domino effect. And that kind of leads into the next category actually about how tracking will help you. So in terms of staying motivated and dedicated, Remember that discipline is going to be the key. You can do things like set timers, journaling, and scheduling your day in order to stay on top of just moving around and doing something active a few times a day. There could also be other external factors that could help you stay motivated and dedicated as well. Like, I haven't even started a family yet, and one of my goals are still to be healthy for my future family, and I don't want to miss any of those moments with my future kids. So the bottom line is that you have to find a way to stay disciplined and remember that staying healthy will allow you to live your best possible life where you're doing everything independently and not relying on others. This is especially useful as you age. So just try to do a little bit each day when it comes to staying healthy and over time you should be able to develop these good habits. Topic 2. Why you should track your own journey. If you're currently a client of mine or might be in the future, then you should be able to do this on your own. With my own training or when it comes to training my clients, I hope that I can give them all the information they need to sustain their weight loss or just in general be healthy without much of my help. Of course, you probably don't want to pay for a personal trainer forever, so... It's important to learn from your own journey. Find what foods and workouts work for you so that you're able to manipulate your body the way you want to. Tracking your own journey just makes it certain that you're doing whatever works for you, not just what some influencer says is the best thing to do and following that blindly. It's going to be important to track your fitness journey and your life to see if you're you're making progress. That could mean things like how much lean body mass you have, 
your body fat percentage, weight on the scale, which is a decent indicator, but it's not the best. Just because you're a certain weight that you believe to be healthy, that doesn't mean that you are. You can't just tell yourself, if I lose 10 pounds, then I'll achieve my goals because you actually might not be healthier after those 10 pounds are gone, depending on how you got there. Like if you're just deciding to starve yourself to lose that weight. Make sure your meals are getting better. That likely means eating more greens and reducing your highly processed food consumption. That means when it's a cheat day or you're having a cheat meal, just track and see that you're not going off the rails all the time. And I'll get back to that scale number later, but let's talk about these measurements first. When it comes to things you can track, like how much lean body mass or muscle or your body fat percentage, you can go do things like a bod pod, hydrostatic weighing, or whatever other fat measuring methods there are, and that'll give you a good idea of what your body figure consists of. And if you take those tests a few months apart, you'll be able to tell if you're closer to your goals when it comes to losing body fat or building muscle. If you don't want to try those methods, or you're just starting out and maybe you don't want to spend that extra money for that extra stuff, then all you need is a tape measure. You'll be able to track your progress with just a measuring tape and a journal or whatever app you want to use to record these. Measurements that'll be good to keep track of could be your hips, thighs, arms, and possibly your chest. Measure whatever, those are just the common areas. Most of us should probably work on calf development, so it'd be uh, good to measure your calf and see how big it is after a few weeks or months of consistent training, since you probably haven't been through an actual plan with that, like me. Maybe growing that extra half inch over the first uh, few months could be motivation enough for you to stick to it. Or maybe that means seeing your waist size go down. That means whatever plan you're on must be working. And if that progress keeps going down or in the right direction, then that's a good sign. Pictures help here as well. That could show you the difference between your 150 pounds at 10% body fat as opposed to 150 pounds with almost 20% body fat. And this relates to what I said about weight on the scale and how that number can tell you a bit about what's going on, but it also has its flaws. If you take those pictures, you'll see that it looks a lot different, and that's why the number on the scale isn't really that important in reality, even though that's a tough concept to grasp. It's that body composition that really makes the difference, because Muscle and fat don't weigh the same, and that'll show on your body. Typically, building muscle and losing fat will look more appealing on your body. Even things like blood pressure, which maybe some of us can't track all the time, but doctor visits could help in this situation. I've had so many clients throughout the years who have told me when they go for a checkup or whatever blood test they have to do, I can't even count now how many times they've come up to me after however long we've been training and working together, and their doctor would tell them that they're all of a sudden in great shape, so whatever they're doing to just keep it up. And then when they tell me that, that's another one of those good feeling moments when it comes to the job. It's going to be important to track all different parts of your journey. In terms of workouts, you need to start tracking if you aren't already. This is going to be important because that's going to be a main way to see if you're making progress. 
if you're just going into the gym and doing the same thing all the time, or you're just going in there and just guessing what weight to do depending on how you feel that day, then you may make progress for a while, but eventually you're going to hit a plateau if you keep working out this way. And I'm speaking from experience with that one. You'll be doing the same weights over and over again and we'll be getting nowhere basically. I've had this happen with a few clients of mine before they met me. At first, I asked them about their fitness history and some of them have actually worked out before. But in terms of their workout, they were doing the same thing over and over again. Sometimes that meant doing the exact same workout all the time. A workout they found online with the same 10 pound weights they had at home. And they've been doing that for years. Now that does have some benefit because it's better than doing nothing, but there's a better way to go about this. One specifically I can recall is when I had a female client telling me that she's been shoulder pressing the same 10 pound weight, same 10 pound dumbbell for a year for 12 reps. Like I said, that's better than nothing, but you need to be increasing something or making something harder in order to make progress. That may mean doing more reps per week, or that may mean increasing the amount of weight you're doing in your workouts. And that's why you need to track your workouts in order to see if you're improving. That's what's going to get your body to change. Tracking in general is a really good way to make sure you're actually moving in the right direction when it comes to whatever you're doing in terms of health and fitness. Even outside of just tracking workouts, maybe you're not getting stronger every single week, but has your sleep gotten better with some changes you made or the changes you made? Maybe you're eating better and that's translating to missing less work from sick days. Something must be working if that's the case. And everything in your life may not all be going in the right direction all the time. But over time, when you look back on what you've been doing, then you should be making progress from three months ago or something like that. In terms of diet, that's another department where tracking is going to come in handy. Now, I know this can be time consuming and you may think it's a waste of time, but you just need to do it, at least to start. You're not going to know the calories or the macronutrients in your food if you don't track or never track at all. And if you don't know exactly what you're eating, then it's like driving around in a circle or a roundabout. You're going nowhere. Along with the workouts, your diet is what's also going to help you shape your body if you're looking to gain weight or lose weight. If you're just eating your meals and guessing whatever macros or nutrients you're getting in, or just ignoring that aspect altogether, then you're not going to know exactly how many calories are in the pastas you eat, or the dinners you make for yourself, or especially the takeout food that you get. That's why using an app like MyFitnessPal is going to come in handy to help you through this fitness journey. Calories in versus calories out is going to be important in your journey, whether you're trying to lose weight or gain weight, and especially to gain muscle. Remember that protein is going to give you that solid foundation in order to help you grow your muscles and get stronger, which will in turn build your metabolism or make it faster. And tracking with a food app is obviously a good way to see if your nutrition is on the right track. The more information you log, 
the easier it'll be for you to progress and get better because there's so many factors that you can work on. Now you don't need to change everything all at once because again, that's a lot of work. So when it comes to tracking your stuff, track as much as you can and change one thing at a time slowly. Keep that up consistently and after a few months, reflect on that information that you've been tracking and if you stuck to it on a consistent basis, then hopefully you're headed in the right direction. If not, that's okay too. Again, reflect and see what you can change going forward. And if you need any help when it comes to staying in shape or being motivated, or even just simple things like tracking progress, then feel free to DM me on Instagram if you'd like, because that concludes episode 38 of the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you really enjoyed the episode or my podcast as a whole, then please leave a review and comment on iTunes or whatever your choice of podcast platform is. Also, if you haven't already, you should hit that subscribe button because I'll be releasing episodes every Friday. If you want to follow me, your host, I'm Isaiah.Copon on Instagram. And you can also check out my website, IsaiahCopon.com. If you want to follow the podcast, you can check out at Lift and Learn Podcast on Instagram. And there's also a Facebook page if you just search Lift and Learn Podcast. Again, thanks for listening. And be sure to tune in next week with another episode where I'll be talking about a complete leg workout you can do in the comfort of your own home. And then I'll talk about intuitive eating.